It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into Inside Carolina's On The Beat Live, the original live Inside Carolina YouTube show slash podcast slash whatever you want to call it. I know there's a lot of people waiting at the gate. Um, so as they open the cord, we'll let folks get in. Got Adam Smith, Ross Martin with me. Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Invited people to see if they show up to answer the private chat, and I'm trying to figure out our logos. I don't usually do use this, but anyway, Ross Martin, what you been up to the last few days, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope I'd be, you know, thought you'd be packing right now for the uh, first round of the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's one of the best, you know, it's one of the best times of the year. I think I had a, actually a buddy who listens to this podcast, Wayne House. Who Adam knows. The infamous. He'll love a shout-out. He's a huge Inside Carolina podcast fan. He told me we went to a workout on Monday morning. He said, man, this, this is usually one of the best weeks of the, of the year. You know, we're getting ready. We're filling out brackets. You're getting ready to watch games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and, you know, it's just weird not having UNC in it. Um, and then the weather's, the weather's kind of cold, and so it was kind of like a weird time. But, yeah, I mean, um, once UNC lost on Friday, on Thursday, it was kind of just like, all right, we're off for a couple of days. There wasn't much going on Friday, Saturday, um, and then Sunday. And then kind of <laughs> the coast to coast happened with y'all and then Shrell scoop. And then the wheels started turning. Um, and then two guys in, in the transfer portal uh, last night while sitting at the bar at top of the hill um, for Hubert Davis's show, Justin McCoy entered. Uh, and then, like two minutes later, Tyler Nickel, which I mean, that was big news, entered. Um, meanwhile, Hubert Davis is talking. It was bizarre. I tweeted it out. You know, I was sitting there trying to report on what Hubert was going to say about the NIT decision, you know, reflections back on the 2022 season, 2022 23 season. And then all of a sudden, like these players start <laughs> entering the portal. And so I had, a, I had to put all these stories, put all these stories out. I had to grab, we had the stories ready. And we had the graphics ready. You kind of had to put them out, get them on Facebook, get them on Instagram, get them on Twitter, uh, put them on the boards, and then send a newsletter. So I was doing that for half of the show. Um, and then, look, I mean, we're going to have some more news here at some point. I don't think we know when, but um, if you're an Inside Carolina subscriber, you're getting kept up to date with what Sherelle is hearing. I actually just got off the phone with him to make sure I was in the know as much as he can tell me on what is, uh, what's going on right now, what to expect over the next couple days and weeks. Um, but yeah, I guess there's a lot of places to go, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think, I think one rule of thumb, Adam, and this, since you're the quote unquote newer guy, the bunch is take your laptop everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't go to the restroom for too terribly long and take your laptop when you go. Cause news could break at any time. News could break during this show. Who knows? But the Adam, what is the hardest part? Isn't that a song? <laughs> It is it's actually. There's a bunch of songs that fit this season for North yeah. Carolina. We might have to go through them. Since this is on the beat, I'll add to what Adam just said. When you know there's news happening and you're waiting for it to break, that is what sucks. I'd rather have it surprise me sometimes rather than having knowing it's coming. <laughs> you know, I think recruiting people deal with this a lot, like Don and, and Sherelle. Like, you know, it's going to break, but it, you can waste your whole day being ready. And so you take your laptop with you. You, you check your phone every five minutes. It happened last year, too. It's the year before, too, when, with all these decisions going back. Um, the waiting is the hardest part because we know there's more more uh, what shoes to, more things to drop here, and uh, you kind of just wait for it. So, every buzz of the phone. And uh, if, I, if, if I may, real quick, Tommy, uh, before you uh, run the fast break, or I don't know, does Carolina doesn't run the fast break anymore. Before you, no, before no you walk it up, breaks either. Before you walk it up and call a play. <laughs> And run 25 seconds off the shot clock. Um, <laughs> I would like to uh, give Ross his flowers because this guy 
He's he's back from his uh, hiatus from last week, which you know everyone needs a little break from time to time. Well, what is this hiatus you talk about? You weren't on the show last week, were you? Oh, that hiatus. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, he, I'm not... he he missed loose Adam. I felt like last week, Ross, like you were not there, so Adam just cut loose. Adam was. I mean, there. Ross is the alpha. You can't have two alphas. You, in the you make it man. seem like I went on vacation or something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pretty high there when you said, "What is this hiatus?" I, I was it. I'm trying to praise man, you, I know you're giving him flowers and he cuts you off. I, I, yeah, that's right. I, I, Why? You, it's it's the second time thing, you well. second time you mentioned it. So I was like trying to figure out what the hiatus you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what a hiatus is. I, I just, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say that uh, this guy has been busting his hump the last couple of days. Uh, I mean, he. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean he's been really bringing it. He he's he went to Hubert's final radio show, which I thought was a great idea. I mean, you know, you know, that's one of the things they teach you way. But I know Ross always says he's self taught in the in the journalism game. That's I mean, being there is important. Even you know we learned that a lot. You know when we started getting shut out of things during COVID, uh, and he was there. And like he says, I mean, think about the surreal aspect of this all. I mean, if you're Ross. I mean, you got your notepad there. You're going to try to take some good notes here. This is the last we could hear from Hubert for two or three months. And, you know, you've got the head honchos over there. Bubba's there. you got some of the heavy hitters there. Clint Gwaltney's probably giving you the evil eye, maybe. You never know. With that guy sipping a Perrier, probably. But, uh, you know, and then, and then, oh, Tyler Nichols in the transfer portal. You know, why the dadgum, while the dadgum head coach is talking about using the bench more. I mean, it's unbelievable the timing of it. And, of course, Justin McCoy, too, which, I mean, you can't fault Justin McCoy. The guy wants to play. You can't fault Tyler Nickel. The guy wants to play. Um, but, I mean, again, like, uh, let, let me strike how it is from the record. Court stenographer, we can take it off. And, I mean, I just – I think Ross has been doing an amazing job getting all over the place, and there's a lot of – things that you need to get ready and things to mentally prepare for. And uh, I mean, he was, he's been busting it the last couple of days. So I just wanted to appreciate to up him. Yeah. I didn't, I, I get, I get what you meant with the highest now, which is missing last week's show. I, uh, I, w- I need to go back and listen to now that I hear that Adam um, was it's loose. loose Adam. Short, yeah. short time I mean, with Greg. Just, we just, Greg Barnes and I having a conversation. It's all and it uh, yeah. To, I mean, last night. Yeah. You had Bubba there, Bubba's wife. You had Clint Gauntney. Uh, you had Adam Lucas. You had uh, Dwight Hollier, which is like the kind of the head of student mental health. Yeah, right. Which kind of, and um, you had the head of communications, athletic communications, uh, Robbie Pickerel. So it was – I kind of walked in with some of them too. It was kind of bizarre. And then Hubert walks into kind of a, an awkward, slow clap. It was kind of bizarre because, I mean, the season – I mean, this is one of the lowest points in Carolina basketball. Not the lowest, but one of the lowest. And Hubert walks in. There's a kind of a slow clap, but the people that are there, it's it. They're regulars. Like it's this group of, let's say, older people that make this part of their week to go to these go to these uh, coaches shows, and they're great. I, I used to go to Larry Fedora and Mac Brown's show all the time. Um, and and then yeah, he starts start show. I mean, he was in a fine mood. I mean, it, of course, everybody knows what's going through going on with the program, and, and it's not ideal. But Hubert carried himself fine. Um, so yeah, Tom, you'll get to an IT decision. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question though, first about how the show works, the radio show, the call-in yeah. show, whatever it is, because I see people on inside Carolina, give us grief, give y'all grief me if I'm around for not, um, asking the tough questions. And I'm always like, why don't you go to the radio show at Topo and blast off ask whatever you want but but it's not like that anymore is it ross how, how does how do the the questions come across to hubert um in what format i guess jones gets them from twitter or yeah. they're vetted heavily though right they screen them right is there a screening process yeah i mean i think jones puts out a tweet on the day of the show and he gets tweets and emails from people um and, i mean like there is some look jones works for unc but i mean he asked questions that are interesting sometimes um asked about you know what things can they do to get better next year you know ask them about the nit but obviously, obviously it's not it's not like not it's not like a new york times here grilling you know grilling the president about you know middle east sanctions um 
So it's not Bob from Bahamas. Yeah, but it's, say, it, why do you play that kid? It's fine. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's the Hubert Davis show, and so like, I mean, Roy Williams used to kind of run the scene, run it, you know, and, and so did and so is Mac Brown, and but yeah, I mean, it's run by Jones Angel, and it's um, you can learn things from it. We of write course. it up every year, every week, and I'm gonna. There's a couple things that I haven't done yet that I'm gonna write off from yesterday's show because it's the last time we're going to hear from him. So there's a little bit, a little thing about the transfer portal that he said, um, called it like speed dating, which I thought was an interesting quote. We probably heard that before. Um, there's a, a story there about the, the power of the weight of the expectations that I think he, he said a lot, but, you know, kind of putting a bow on that, that that was a really big issue with this team. Yeah. And, you know, like Ross is saying, like, I think, I think one of the many things that inside Carolina to toot our own horn, <laughs> it does great is, you know, we try to cover everything. And sometimes the Mac Brown lives, God bless him, can be tedious. And sometimes Hubert Davis live, you end up hearing the same things. But, you know, like when we were going through the audio today, you know, think of the Ross, if you remember, like when he was, you know, it's just wild that he talked so much about the bench literally while those guys were getting in the portal. But um, or maybe that's when the paperwork, I don't know, finally comes up. Well, maybe they filed earlier in the day and then the paperwork becomes – Public, I'm sure but, he. I'm sure he knew they were entering, right? You would have to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed. I noticed. I did notice in the one of Sherelle's scoops that it said McCoy had not had his end of season meeting yet. You know, it said Nickel had, but Sherelle said Nickel had. But you know, I don't know. I don't know if that was understood with McCoy anyway. But, um, but I, I almost, I almost laughed to myself when Hubert started. One of his answers was. There's been some discussion about the bench minutes, <laughs> you know, like that was his first sentence. Like, yeah, man, um, there's been some discussion about the bench minutes and it, there really has. So, um, you know, I thought that was almost uh, I thought there were some things you guys uh, go back and read what Ross, you know, go to InsideCarolina.com, read what Ross uh, wrote from last night, read what Nia Satterfield Brown wrote from last night, um, because, you know, I thought there were some answers about the bench where Hubert was sort of making it an admission that, you know, he hadn't handled some things well there. Um, you know, and, and as we've heard, you know, he's been, he's take he's heard suggestions before from assistant coaches. Should we get Caleb out here? Should we get RJ out here? And, you know, we've heard before that him say, nah, they're good. You know, <laughs> like, so um, I don't know. I thought there were a lot of interesting comments that came out of last night, in addition to the whole scene, and the things that are happening in real time and stuff. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, to Quis Peace. I, these are uh, $20 for a five-pack of readers, man. If you want to give me a sponsorship or NIL deal with some re- anti-reflective glasses, I'd love to have them. Uh, that is the flag that was on my namesake's coffin, and those are the OG Jordans. So, folks asking in chat. Let's get into the NIT decision Ross, because I didn't hear a ton about that. Um, I did listen to Bubba on Jones and Adams podcast. I did. I have heard the discussion that it was just best to move forward. I've said my piece on the NIT <laughs> decision, but um, I don't have anything else to say about it than I hadn't already said. You probably could work me into talking about it again. But Ross, what do you think? Yeah, I do want to hear again, Tommy, from you. I, I, having a couple of days to think about it plus what you've heard from Hubert and Bubba I'll say what I think I would love to hear what Adam has says too I see both sides of it I understand where you're coming from Tommy where like you want this team to want to play and to compete and every chance to go out there and play and, and get better I understand that um and, and the fact that they're kind of they are kind of quitting they're not showing up like I get that argument and I get that mentality that you would want them to want to play, but I also see the other side. And this is kind of where a little bit where Hubert and Bubba Cunningham are coming from. And maybe some of the players that just put it into the season that there's not much to gain from a couple games in IT. You know, if you lose in the first round or second round, there's just, there's kind of more public ridicule. Um, you know, there, there's uh, uh, two fifth year players on the team, um, senior in Baycott, two juniors and Caleb Love and RJ Davis who have played so much basketball. They don't need this extra time. Like they, they've kind of experienced it all. A couple games in, in the secondary tournament is not probably not something that I know Caleb said he wanted to play in it, but not something that 
would benefit them. I do think it would have been great. This was, I think, heading into the, heading into this decision, I was texting with a bunch of buddies. Like, I would love to see Seth Trimble, DeMarco Dunn, Dontre Styles, Jalen Washington, Puff Johnson, like that starting lineup play. Like, play the bench. And Tyler Nickel. Like, I would love to see that group play. How realistic was that? I don't know. Um, you know, it's different. I, I listen to Coast to Coast. I listened to it right before the show. And I think the comparisons to 2009, 2010 – it's just completely different teams, you know. Yep. That 2009, 2010 team, now the roster right in front of me, you had Ginyard on there, who was the senior, but you had a freshman in Dexter Strickland, who was, you know, a freshman. You had a freshman in Les McDonald um, and a freshman in John Henson, who needed that time. They, they became, at least Strickland and Henson, became, you know, key parts of the next two years. Um, you had the Ware twins in that team as well. So that must have been their last games. And you had a sophomore in Tyler Zeller, who didn't play much as a freshman on the championship team in 09. And that was a very young team. And the core was pretty young outside of Ginyard um, and Deion Thompson. The core is pretty young. So they needed that time. I'm not sure how much of a benefit it would have been to play in the NIT, but I understand the perspective from a lot of people. I can see why a lot of people are upset with the decision. Um, it's kind of it where I come from. I see both sides. I, I'm not really strongly on either one. A Adam. And let me say this, you know, what Hubert said and what Bubba said, moving on and getting into the transfer portal now, there's some benefit to, to that. They're going to have their roster set in probably a week or two and before the tournament's over, and then you have the chance to – or you can already have a chance to reach out to players in the transfer portal. So you can begin the offseason process, which if they had played the NIT, it probably wouldn't have happened for another two, three weeks. So they're getting a head start preparing for next season, understanding what the roster looks like, understand what they need, and then see who they can go after. And so they get a little bit of a jump start to kind of put the end of 2022-23 and, and move to the next season. Go ahead, Adam. I have a lot of thoughts on the NIT. And to add to what Ross was saying about the the 2010 team, which is a, a you know, great point. They're a bunch of young guys, and they're coming off the 20, 2009 National Championship where everybody left off of that team, basically. Um, don't forget about 2003. Um, you know, they went to the NIT in 2003. That was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was the freshman year for Felton and, and Sean May and Rashad McCants. Sophomore year for Jackie Manuel. I don't know if you can look it up or else. They were a young team. It was Matt Darty's last team. And uh, it was weird uh, with, with stuff that was going on with Darty. And I uh, looked a lot better than I did then. I believe I was 25. Um, but I remember covering those games. They played two or three games at the Smith Center. And I believe they beat – I should have it in front of me. I had to look up the NIT stuff. For the I, have it, I have it right here. They beat, here, let me see if I got it. They beat, like, DePaul and Wyoming, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, in Chapel Hill. And, yep. uh, by the way, uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, DePaul, this was when we used to sit the, – the, the reporters, well, some of us, used to sit on the scorer's table. Not in the, not in the end zones, but we were on the floor at the scorer's table. And our seats, my seats with the, the newspaper in Burlington, were by the visiting bench. And, like, if you got, like, Gary Williams from Maryland, obviously Coach K, it was a show from start to finish. And I had never met Dave Latow, who became later the coach at UVA, a well-dressed guy, tall guy, very dapper. But he was the coach at DePaul then in 2003. And this dude was – he had the worst mouth you have ever heard in your life. I mean, he cussed everyone. I mean, he cussed everyone, players, officials. Uh, he, there was a moment, I mean, you know, I'm like a young dude too. I'm thinking like, this is insane. Like, you know, spit coming out of his mouth and he's got this great suit on and everything. And there was one moment where he, he was standing up. He's a very tall guy. And he kicked the chair that he had there for him to sit in. He like kicked the back of it. He was mad about something. And it flew backwards into a manager's lap. And the manager's like, oh, you know, like so they're like trying to tend to the manager and all this. Uh, but I'm getting off topic. That was in, you know, but what I'm trying to say is, is that 2003 was beneficial, just like 2010, I think, was beneficial for those young guys. And just, you know, like Ross said. This is a team that, you know, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love aren't even the oldest members on the team, and they've played 101 games together. Uh, I mean, the, the, the core four with Armando, Leakey, R.J., and Caleb, 
they've played a million games together. I I, I don't know. I, I, I understand, and I do feel like it's a quitter's mentality. I think that's I think that's where you come down on it, Tommy. And I understand that by backing out of the NIT, you're just getting killed in the court of public opinion. With that said, you go to the NIT, if you lose, you're going to get killed in the court of public opinion. I still remember Kentucky going to the NIT years ago and losing to Robert Morris, and that might have led SportsCenter because it was like the greatest win in Robert Morris basketball history. Um, so you're kind of in a – with this group in this moment, after a season like this, my God, you're kind of in a no-win situation it, unless you were going to play all the guys on the bench, which you know dang well Hebert wouldn't have done that. He'd be rolling the same tired ass dudes out there. You know, I mean, these that's that's a, yet another angle to this is I feel like these guys are exhausted. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like all these games that have come down to a couple possessions in the second half, I just feel like they are tired. Think about all the games they played last year, the stories of how tired they were by the time the final four and championship game happened, and then all this stuff they've been going through this year with you know, number one to start the season, yada, yada, yada. I, I just think in some ways they're exhausted. Um, but I'd be interested to hear who wanted to play and who didn't. Certainly it sounds like Hubert and Bubba did not want to play and didn't think it would be productive. If you look at the USA Today article, where right. the parents chimed in, uh, I'm not sure I like that look, but maybe it's beneficial in some way. But they would have been playing on Tuesday night in the NCAA play-in game like tonight. Rutgers just lost in the NIT. But, I mean, would they have been tired and exhausted and all that stuff if if uh, Greg Gumbel and Jay Wright would have said their names in the NCAA tournament? I mean, I don't buy point, that. Tommy. It's a good here, point. Here, here's what you – this is a different take than I had the other night, Ross. One, I still think it was a bad decision to take off. But by, by declining the bid and giving younger guys an opportunity to play in meaningful games – However we think about meaningful, however the team thinks about meaningful, competition is always meaningful. Uh, you basically said, we don't need you to do that. We, you know, you basically told a guy like Tyler Nickel, go home, leave. You know, we're not going to play. You're not going to play anyway. That was an opportunity to give the bench. And that's what they did in 03, 02, 03, and they did in 9 and 10. And it was beneficial down the road. Well, Hubert Davis has shown in two years that the bench doesn't really matter for him. <laughs> um, maybe it does next year. Um, but the way he's going and the way he's shown and then this decision that shows the bench players that they don't deserve to get some meaningful minutes. Baycott could have sat out. R.J. Davis could have sat out. They're injured. I'll give them that. Caleb Love could have done whatever he wanted to do. But by not going, you say these bench guys that need valuable moments on the court we don't need them. I'm going to play six guys, seven guys tops. I'm going to go to the portal. I'm going to get three or four guys in the portal that are going to come start. And Tyler Nichol, sorry, bud. You know, and, and you got to know that that played in his role. Everybody says he was not patient. He's the 90th ranked guy or whatever. Uh, I mean, he had to hear that or see that I'm not going to play unless I start. And – yeah. That's the problem because at some point you're going to need those guys. At some point you've got to build a program, and that program includes dudes down the bench that know their role. And, Ross, that's where I'm at on the whole thing. Now that I said I wasn't going to say anything and I'm saying something, is that if you don't build a – if people don't know their role, what point do they have to play? You know, it, last time I checked – the last team I remember that played six deep is 1982 National Championship team, and they had some pretty good players on there. But if you remember in the National Championship game, Chris Brust hit a free throw that won them the game ultimately because they won by one point. You got to have these guys, and that's just another reason why you don't turn it down. And they would have played today or Wednesday, whether they were in the NIT or the NCAA tournament. So all this jump ahead mess, and Ross, I'll give you this. I will take it all back if they have a roster set with who's gone and who's staying 
and who's in the portal by this weekend. Because otherwise, that, that argument doesn't fly at all because we all know that back-channel stuff. I mean, the kid transferred from Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, he went to Portal one day, and he was in committed to Syracuse the second day. You know, that's how it works. It doesn't work by just not talking. Anyway, off my soapbox. What do you think, Ross? What, I mean – yeah, I mean, look, if they could play the if they could have played the freshmen and the sophomores and, and like Puff more, like that would have been. I would have loved to have watched that. I, that would have made total sense. But like Adam said, I don't think that would have happened. No, I agree um, with that. I, so, I totally I mean, agree. With that. I would have loved to see you know just throw out Nickel for thirty five minutes, see what he could do. Um, throw out Jalen Washington and 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 put Tremble at point guard and just see how that team looks. And my mic's kind of off. Some of you aren't. Uh, we could hear you, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been great, but that it's not happened. It, it just didn't. It didn't happen, uh, and we're kind of talking in the past now. Um, but that's a situation where I would have really appreciated to see them in the NIT. But I also get the sense, like Adam said, like this team was tired. Like Baycott was checked out. I mean, he clearly yeah. didn't want to play. Uh, and, you know, and he, he hadn't played that great and been hobbled for a couple games now. And it seemed like maybe going back to NC State at home. I'm not sure. You know, he had kind of started off with this as this kind of first team All American type year. And then it, it slowly declined in the second half of the ACC play. Um, you know, RJ was banged up a lot too, but uh, it just seemed I, there's a sense of you know, um, finality is the word. Rolf. Season was done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if these guys really wanted to play. Sure, I'm sure like guys wanted to play like nickel just to go out and just play some more time and get minutes. But I think there was a sense of just ending the season. And I, I get the point. Like. You know, UNC compete for ACC and national championships, not NIT championships, too. But that's a- just to take us back real quick, just to take us back, you know, sort of talking about the finality. I was thinking about that as you were talking, Tommy, and as, as Ross was talking. And also, Ross is right. I mean, I, I love Armando in terms of being a reporter and covering the guy. He is great to cover. But, I mean, he had a very – uh, underwhelming final 10, 12 games of the season. As I've told Ross, you know, Ross and I sit there, watch the games. I tell him all this stuff repeatedly because I just kind of just start running my mouth like a nerd during the games. Um, he Armando didn't have a 20 point game, has not had a 20 point game since January 21st, the, the NC State game at home. That's the last time he scored 20 points in a game. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. guy made this guy made third team All American today by the AP. God bless him on his reputation. And maybe it's also like a lifetime achievement award too before becoming UNC's all-time leading rebounder. He was not a third-team All-American this season. Well, he did average sixteen and eleven, I, and he was worn out. I know it. I'm just telling. I'm talking about being an All-American yeah. based on how you played. Uh, I, I mean, I think I, I, I think he was great last. I mean, he had a, a historic season last year. Um, but I'm just saying in terms of this year and and. You know, just to just to go back very quickly to the game where they lost to UVA at the Greensboro Coliseum in the ACC tournament, I think Ross would agree. You know, you go into the locker room, you could just feel it. You know, like Caleb did say, yes, I want to play. And I believed him. I don't think he lied to me. Uh, RJ, I asked RJ, he goes, I'm a hooper. That's what I do when I asked him about the NIT. Um, that was in a hallway, actually. Uh, I was trying to catch up to him. But <laughs> – you just could feel, you know, it felt like a morgue. You know, you could feel the the doneness. I don't think that's a word, but the finality was there. You could honestly, you could feel it after the Duke game when they lost. I could feel it from Armando after the Duke game that, like, well, you know, we're about we're down to our last bullet. Um, so, you know, I, I think you know there was finality, and there was I think there was some dread there too. Heck. Leaky and Armando, I hope I'm assuming you guys read this from our story. They went on a daggum walk after the UVA game in the ACC tournament. They just left. <laughs> it took a walk and sort of, according to Leaky and Armando, reminisced and talked about the good times. Um, and then, uh, you know, their, our excellent communications director for UNC, Steve Kirchner, I think, went and got them and said, come back and, you know, talk to these goofballs, uh, meaning us, the reporters. But yeah. I mean, Puff Johnson. I can say that's some sense when Adam's like going on and on. So I try to, I try to put a little. It's great stuff. I try to, I try to cut him off so he can. Um, I need to be that off. No, it's good. It's good. Um, Puff Johnson was like either wiping tears or blood. I wrote that in my lead. Like he just couldn't. Maybe he had something in his eye, but you know he was 
beat he up. Looked distraught. He looked distraught to me. He did. Yeah, it was a weird time to catch him with the video there. Um, I'm glad you got the video. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just – yeah, and the Duke. I'm trying to think back to the post-Duke um, media scene, but uh, – this uh, they knew where they stood. Like they knew that they had to win that NC State game. That was gonna be big. They knew that Duke game was really important. They kind of gave it up in the in the closing minutes there. Like they, you could kind of see this ship, you know, slowly going downhill. Like they had to, like the fact that they had to win out in the ACC tournament, and that we were talking about that to Hubert and the players, kind of gave you a sense of where the season was going. Um, had some other stuff to say, but I, I forgot. Um, yeah. I I, talk, I will tell this, oh, and and this is our crowd, and Ross, you can jump back in, but this is this is the on the beat tonight, Ross, Adam, and myself. Uh, spring break, so Dewey's not with us. Um, and Greg Barnes said his piece in the column that many of you have either loved or there's a couple of you that have hated. Um, but I tell you one thing, to to tell to say that Greg doesn't know what he's talking about and doesn't know the lay of the land might be one of the silliest things I've read on the message boards. That dude's as connected as. Uh, anybody period uh anyway now i lost my train of thought you're defending Damn. greg no that was before that you just did and, that anyway well let yeah, me go, let, go ahead let me say this topic. i want to talk about baycott it just you know the fact that he was worn down and that he had to play so many minutes just shows the lack of a they haven't developed a backup big man like Jalen washington wasn't ready they got to get back to you got to have three serviceable serviceable big men's big men in there that can relieve a guy like Baycott, you know, Pete, yeah, so the big men were Pete Nance, um, Armando Baycott and Jalen Washington. And I guess the, the transition to this, you know, small man Ford, you know, kind of having uh, four wings out there and a big man, I guess, I guess that's why they, they don't, they're not recruiting as many big men, but you needed someone during the season to come in and, and relieve Baycott. So he wasn't pressured so much to, to play so much and to deliver I guess that's the the Roy Williams lineup when you you're constantly recruiting two bigs a year and you're at least one a year. Um, it just seems like they they have lacked that depth down low for Baycott over the last two seasons, and that's just back to developing bench and, and where they prioritize in recruiting and, and development of players. Uh, and Jeff- Slagle's right. I, I saw Slagle's comments in the chat. He, you're right. Armando was hurt, and he was yeah. hurt early on this season. And he's such a tough guy. I, I don't mean to bash Armando. Um, oh, we love Armando. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to. I don't mean to make it sound like I'm bashing Armando. I just meant from a production standpoint. And you're right. I mean, he, he's he was hurt all season. He played through the pain. He's probably yeah. he, he there's probably several games he played that he should not have been playing, and including that final game against UVA. I mean, the guy, you know, when he went down against BC, it was kind of like, Egh. you know, they were rolling against BC, but it was kind of like, man, you know, you're going to need that dude if you're trying to make a deep run here. But but to Slagle's point in the chat, I you're, that should be said. The guy played through sprained ankles, a bruised shoulder, um, and that impacted, you know, you, I just felt like by the end, you know, he didn't have any lift down there, you know, like he just could not get off the floor. The feet were very heavy. I felt like seeing – you know, going all over all the places and seeing him at FSU and Notre Dame. I just felt like those feet were heavy from Armando. And, you know, you could see the toll on him. Go ahead, Tommy. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I was going to take a second to, to talk about Johnny T-shirt. Um, but I wanted to address a comment in the chat, and it's from Jeff, not not Jeff Vance, but just Jeff. He said, I bash the listeners when I'm talking about Greg Barnes. I'm talking about the attacks on Greg Barnes on our message boards. Um not our listeners. We love our listeners and I love all comments. Feel free to give as many as you want. But when people attack somebody like Greg personally or Ross or Adam or any of us for reporting and covering the team and it's something you don't like to hear, I I personally have a a problem with that. So if you take that as me bashing and listeners, that is not the, uh, is not the, what you call it. Anyway, we got, we got some feisty commenters, today i know i've mean, really, noticed a lot of stuff back and forth i mean we got some funny stuff in there too but we've got I a lot it. more yeah i mean i love it too a lot hey, more it's kind of- i mean it's 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 appropriate isn't it like yeah. uh Release hey real quick your- ross was laying out who the big men were on that team armando pete nance and jalen washington which obviously is correct you know when the what? last time jalen washington scored a point that's you, you that's what i was going to talk about earlier tell me <laughs> the clemson got eight games ago he hadn't scored a point yeah. since February 11th. 
Now, I'm not putting that on Jalen Washington. They don't play him. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got zeros and DMPs. I'm looking at it right here in my game notes. Zeros and DMPs since they blew out Clemson. And look, I think he took two shots the final eight games of the season. And, I mean, this is a guy you're trying to build around. Uh, Like, you know, like, I just really quickly, I just, you know, Hubert talked, Hubert's talking a good game again about developing a bench. Like, I don't know what Hubert, Hubert thinks if you play a guy 90 seconds, he's using the bench. You're not using the guy, you're not using your bench. You play a guy a minute and 20 seconds. Like, what kind of mess is Like, that's unbelievable. You got to get uh, comfortable. You got to get comfortable. You got to be out there for you play. four like, or five yeah. minutes to get comfortable in the game. We've talked about it ad nauseum. There's only three teams in the country use their bench less than UNC per Ken Palm. Three. And <laughs> there's 363. There you go. Granted, one of them is Kansas. So, <laughs> you know, there's one number one seeds, and then I think the others are Ryder and Marist or Marshall. And, Ryder and Marshall. I can't remember. And you let me, let me talk about let me, hold on. Let me do Johnny T-shirt. This is okay. getting good. Sorry about that, guys. No, it's just 930-ish. 936. I think there's over a thousand people in here. That's ridiculous. You guys are awesome. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your family, get on in here. Somebody asked where the premium chat is. Well, it's on Inside Carolina Premium message board, and you can get in that premium chat by joining Inside Carolina. And you know what you get else you get? You get 10% off your everyday Johnny T-shirt order if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. You get all the rail scoot. You get all the Don scoot. You get everything you need uh, Inside Carolina Premium. This is the time to have it, right? It never stops. There is no off-season. You can hear Ross, Adam, and I talk here, um, but we're not going to share the premium scoot. That's on the boards. Uh, We'll give you some hints, and we'll talk about it as it comes apparent, but on the on the boards and on Inside Carolina. And Johnny T-Shirt gives you everything you need. You know what you can do? You can support Carolina baseball by going to Johnny T-Shirt and buying all those jerseys, all the women's teams, even basketball and football, whatever you need for Johnny T-Shirt. National guys pay the bills on the beat live, 937 on the East Coast. We'll be right back with Ross, Adam, and this guy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. All right, on the beat live, back again, Ross and Adam. Adam, I cut you off, or maybe I cut you off, Ross. I get on a rant, and I forget. Carolina not playing. Their game's going on tonight. The first four games, there's a 1,000 people in our chat. Who says Carolina basketball isn't relevant? Ross, it's always going to be relevant. I'll say something about that. I mean, I'm sitting on a tweet. I'm saying second half of on the beat live starting now. Discussion is flowing. One commenter called it the Adam Smith show. Join Are you serious? Here. I missed that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will Scott, say Holland, that, Scott Holland, ask a question so I can tag it. Please hurry up and ask a question so I, I don't miss it again. I just <laughs> I just tweeted out. I will say this. Yeah. I mean, would you say over a thousand people in this chat, yep. uh, in, in this video? Man, the UNC, you know, being on Twitter, I mean, I'm, I'm very on Twitter. I'm on there a lot. And it, the passion of the UNC fan base. I mean, it's it's up there. It's got to be top three, I would think, with Kentucky and Kansas in terms of basketball. Um, it is just unbelievable. You know, you want to elicit, you know, either love, I think, or 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 like deep, deep, deep emotions, deep passion. You don't want to be boring. And you know, people hate and get very passionate about UNC basketball and everything that's going on when they're when they're you know disappointing like this season, and then you see it when they're killing it it's, it's a very positive emotion so you said you see how big and powerful and popular unc basketball is 
um, in moments like this. Cause I think you would rather have this kind of emotion than, than uh, apathy, you know? And so, I mean, that's why inside Carolina is, is very, very big. I see the numbers. I see the numbers from 24 seven sports about revenue and subscriptions and all that. And um, you know, much of that is, is because of, of how passionate the fan base is and how successful UNC basketball has been and, and UNC football. There's definitely a passionate side of that. So that's just one thing. Um, on bench, I mean, on bench play here, Adam. Another thing is like UNC should always have a, a good, strong bench because they should be recruiting so high. Like you would expect them to be playing their bench because of how well they recruit. Um, I mean, obviously, I think recruiting's been down a little bit. You know, kind of at the tail end of the of the Roy Williams uh, era there. But like, you know, teams like UNC should be teams that use their bench a lot because they have four and five stars on the bench waiting to get in. Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington. Uh, Dontrez Styles, Puff Johnson, all those guys were four or five stars. Um, and so, like, teams that have that depth of talent are the ones that we should be using it. It's just that's why it's just odd that you can't you have it developed. And so, when they needed them, they weren't ready. But I don't know if it's time to move on from that topic, maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, the 2024 recruiting class is, is super strong. The 23 class is, is decent. The portal class will be interesting. But the, the, the deal is, is, is that if, if you don't start, you're not going to play. And that's what's been shown. So I think that's number one that needs to be corrected for next year. But Adam, get in here. Um, move us forward a little bit. I, I, mean, think the, I think you're talking about the 2024 class being, you know, super and the 2023 class. I think the, this year's portal class is going to have to be very good or it's going to have to be what Carolina needs. I mean, you know, I don't know. Ross, Ross was saying earlier, um, that, that they could have their roster done here in a couple of weeks. I mean, they could. They certainly could. I don't know. Do you want to Do you want to wait until the NCAA tournament is over? Is that too long? You know, because you're waiting until – I don't know. I'm, I'm saying – Well, waiting until – you're waiting until April. But then, like, you know, you could have some guys that are playing in the Final Four, Elite Eight, that want to move move on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Kind of a weird little dance here, I feel like. Well, let's just go through it here. Let's go through UNC's roster because um, I think, you know, this conversation will be stale in a, a couple days maybe when another player leaves. But, you know, right now, Justin McCoy and Todd Nickel are gone. I think, you know, I don't want to give out too pre- too much premium info, but I think the general consensus is that Caleb Love is going to is gonna not be on the team next year either. Um, and then so the questions come to Dontre Styles, DeMarco Dunn, um, who am I missing? Puff Johnson. Mondo Baycott. <laughs> yeah. So those three, those three I just said, Puff Johnson, DeMarco Dunn, Dontre Styles. I think those are the guys that you're kind of waiting to hear from. Now, this is just me thinking. I think based on what Dontre Styles said in that interview today on a Kinston radio show, there's an article up. I don't think it's on the front page, but it's it's on the boards. Um, and it's been it was all the boards today. I mean, it seems like he is 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 gonna be leaving and transferring. Dontre Styles, former four-star guy from Kinston. I mean, he hasn't played at all, and I have no problem with him transferring. You know, he, if he wants to play, and obviously he wants to play, like go someplace and play because Hubert is not playing him. So then you have – you're waiting for DeMarco Dunn to make a decision and Puff Johnson. Then I think – you know, I think general consensus is that R.J. Davis could come back, and, and, and there's a good chance he will come back. I don't see why they want it. And then Armando Baycott has a fifth year too. Um, and so who, who are we missing there? The freshman. Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble's there, and Jalen Washington, and Jalen Washington, and I think I, I don't know. I, I don't know too much about them, and look, a lot of this stuff's on the premium board, so I don't want to give out too much information. But I think there's, there's general good momentum on those guys coming back as well. So now you're looking at a team that needs to. The, the question, the question is done. Johnson, um, Styles, and then what happens with the two freshmen, um, and then getting word from Baycott and, and Davis. So you're looking at replacing a significant amount of production and i think this team needs to go out I mean, you talk about this on coast to coast tommy sean said it like they need to get some wing scores they probably need maybe get another probably get another guard um and a, a big man i mean they, they need to load up on some guys um it just it matters the balancing act of 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 who um how many how many people they need in what positions of course you're adding a guard in simeon wilcher and a stretch four in zayden high so somebody can do the math there but you're gonna have to replace they need shooting and scoring, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. They need some wing 
they need some basketball players on the wing that can fill it up. I mean, how many games did we see this season? This is one of the worst shooting teams in Carolina basketball history. Um, you know, like they were one of the worst shooting teams in the country from three-point range. It's kind of amazing they averaged that. I think they were fourth in the ACC in scoring. It's kind of unbelievable they were able to score that many points, um, which speaks to Armando getting fouled down low. And, you know, when Caleb and RJ are able to get those driving lanes and get to the basket and get fouled. Um, but – like they need they they how many games were they starving for shooting? If they had, you know, one more shot go in in a couple of these games, Ross is right. We'd be going to cover them somewhere this weekend. Just one more shot against Pitt, both games. You know, just one more shot. They're probably in one more shot against Alabama. Yep. You know, one more stop. They're in. Um, so yeah, I think now who knows what the portal has and doesn't have. Uh, if you could find Brady Manic, sure, absolutely. But that, I feel like they need some some guys on the wing, uh, you know, a six five six 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 seven six eight guy that can just score and go get a bucket. Um, because honestly, you know, I know it's not sexy to talk about. It was a pretty good defensive team. They did have their lapses. Caleb absolutely had his defensive lapses, and sometimes Pete Nance couldn't move. But Pete, you know, was I felt like a, a gr- good rim protector by the end when he got healthy again. Um, but yeah, this group I, I, has been good defensively. Man, ours, I, we've said on the podcast, and uh, you know, Adam and I sit next to each other during the games. I mean, as good as Leaky Black has been as a defender and kind of a multi tool guy, I mean, you know, he hits more threes this year than probably we expected, but he is just not a knockdown shooter. And he is your three, and he's your three for three seasons. And that is this position the three and the two, they're the ones that we should be filling it up from deep. And you had Nance. Nance was not a consistent three-point shooter. He had a flurry against Portland and a flurry against Virginia. And outside of that, it was, it was one or two per game and then that, that big drought. And then Puff, dude, Puff, I mean, all due respect, he was awful shooting the second half of the ACC play. I no mean, one's more chaotic than Puff Johnson. Go yeah, ahead. And look, and I, I like him as a – I like him kind of as a tweener there. He's aggressive. He's a good – you know, he always seems to find the ball, offensive rebounds, and can score kind of in the paint a little bit. He's crafty. I mean, I, I think it would be great to have him back because I think he can bring a lot and fill a lot of holes for UNC. But when Nance is your four, and in this offense, the four guy needs to shoot because he gets those corner threes. And same with Leaky Black, the three guy, gets those corner threes. And when those two guys are not good, that's why the three-point shooting suffered. So, yeah, go out and get some shooters. They probably need to get potentially like another kind of ball handler if they're losing love, I'd imagine. You know, they have Trimble and Simeon Wilcher. Um if, if Trimble decides to come back. Um, and then, uh, yeah, maybe two two or three shooters and scores, and then probably another big man, uh, another kind of stretch forward, I would imagine, if they're losing Nance, potentially losing like a Styles or a Johnson. I, this is stuff I'm potentially – I'm saying this potentially because we don't know on a lot of these guys. So, you know, three or four transfers. And then, um, yeah, I don't know the timetable on that. And I'll reference this, guys. Ben Sherman just posted a, kind of a mini scoop on the boards. And look, these scoops are coming in daily. So this is the time to subscribe. Sherelle's scoop on Sunday, yes. um, it was unbelievable. And it was worth, you know, it's worth a month's subscription. That was so much intel. I sold a, a, a workout member a subscription that morning on Monday morning. I, I, sold, I went and got an annual subscription because he's been a huge UNC fan. And he's a big UNC football fan. I sold him on that. So, guys, if you're not subscribing, tell your friends, tell your family. I mean, this is the time because this is the stuff. There's information on Inside Carolina right now that no one else has. Um, and, and with Sherelle and Ben and, and the insiders there and Greg. Um, so I would, this is this is the time to subscribe. Like the free stories that Adam and I do, like, you know, that's free. But the the premium recruiting, transfer meetings, inside the building type stuff, uh, now it's time to subscribe. So all everybody go check out the scoop that was posted just minutes ago. Tommy? Yeah. And don't share it in the chat uh, because you, <laughs> It'll get you a, a quick boot. It's just how it is. It's the nature of the beast. I agree with everything Ross said. What I was going to say, and I, I remember what I said, y'all were talking about how Baycott, Ross, or excuse me, Adam, you were talking about Baycott hadn't been himself the last few weeks. He was dead tired. And he was hurt. worn out yeah. and hurt. And injuries and all of that stuff come from playing too much. And these guys played far more than they should have for the last two years. So I totally agree. Uh, that they are, that he was not himself. But, I mean, it would help to have somebody like Jalen Washington playing 
even if it's just 10 minutes a game, that helps a ton. And, and so that's where I think Hubert Davis needs to get to, regardless of who comes back. I mean, everybody can say they love to play 30, 35, 40 minutes a game, but let's be realistic. Most, most people are not functional at the highest level when they are tired. And if you're playing 35 to 45 minutes a game or 40 minutes a game, it's just not going to happen. And so number one for me off season, regardless of who's on the roster is the bench has to do something, has to do something other than, uh, you know, watching. And, and, uh, I remember what Chiswick said, and Ross, you were there, and Adam, you were there too. Gene Chiswick said, if you don't produce, you will be watching. Well, at some point, you got to be given a chance to produce, and I don't think they were the past two years. Anyway, anything left, boys? We, we've we talked a lot. Um, it's 9.50. We usually go an hour. Yes, there's a premium scoop by Ben Sherman on the uh, UNC Basketball Premium Message Boards if folks want to check it out. Um, what do we think about – and I'll ask this, and this might be a trick question or a rabbit hole. Ross, what do you think about Hubert rarely owning it? I'm serious. I mean, um, Chizik owned it. Chizik owned that they sucked last year. I haven't heard Hubert say, it's on me to fix it or it's my fault or whatever. I've just never heard that. And that's that's a little confusing to me coming from a Carolina coach, given what we're used to. Well, Tommy, how did you like – real quick, Ross, give you more time to think about that one. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, how did you like Hubert's response after they lost to UVA when he was asked, how would you make your case to the NCAA tournament uh, committee? And he didn't have an answer really for a while. He eventually said some things, but it was not – you know, I've seen a lot more convincing answers from people before. He was not jumping up on the table. I, I, obviously, I wrote that it was not Seth Greenberg saying you'd be uh, clinically insane – or certifiably insane if they weren't in. Anyway, go ahead, Ross. Uh, Tommy, I didn't know how that one set with you. I'm sure it didn't sit too well. No, and I mean, I heard Jerry Stackhouse give his thing. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse ticked off all of their responsibilities. And Miss Jones in the chat, if you'll be glad to link me what you're talking about, I'll be glad to listen to it, watch it, and take it back. Go ahead, <laughs> Ross. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Hubert Davis media, you know, quotes to the public is a it's a complex and confusing world to to delve into i mean he is super positive um you know he's not gonna throw players underneath the bus i don't know if what he says if he if he believes what he everything he says or if it's a kind of spinning it or if he's living in some dream world and not reality because he says stuff that's just not it's not accurate um, and it's not real sometimes. You're like, what is he talking about? Um, and I, I think he does live in a very optimistic positive. That's just how he coaches and how he treats his players and, and how he wants the program to be perceived. And that's great. I mean, that's great. That can be very helpful for young players. And um, he's definitely not a negative guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know Tom, if he's ever said much about self-reflection and self-scouting and, and getting better as a coach. I think it's important to realize this is his second year as a coach, as a head coach. He's never been a head coach outside of the JV team. And there's some in-game decisions and and how to monitor minutes that he hasn't had experience with before. Like he always says that as an assistant, you make suggestions. As a head coach, you make decisions. And so, you know, it's probably been a learning curve for him. And I think we have been skewed by the last six weeks of 2020. 21 22 season where they went on that run um you know they beat duke twice and went to the dash championship game i think that the view of him and this team kind of skewed what we thought of 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 hubert davis when the reality is they've been pretty mediocre in the acc um and now they they had made the um they didn't make the NCAA tournament in year two and they've been mediocre maybe a little bit above mediocre in conference and out of conference, probably 50-50 as well. They've lost a lot of games out of conference as well. So, um, you know, I think he needs to – there's probably a lot of things he, he knows he needs to get better as well. And some of that's roster management and bench minutes and in-game coaching. and But also, just it's just so interesting to, to break down how he talk, talks to the media. Adam, I'm sure you have a lot to say on that. Tommy, did you want to get one in? Yeah, yeah let me read this. This is from Hubert Davis in his radio show. This is owning what you say. And I said earlier that he didn't ever own it. 
Well, I'm changing that opinion a little bit. I think this year, one of the things that was difficult at times, I'm not saying I got it right all the time, yeah. was the little injuries that we had throughout the season. Rotation. We Sometimes I got it wrong. Most of the time, or sometimes I got it right. That's something I'm continuing to learn as a second-year head coach. That is growth, and that is what we need to see more of. And so – on March the when was that radio show yesterday? So on March the thirteenth, Hubert Davis said those things. Go ahead, Adam. No, keep going, Tommy. If you want, to, uh, let me say that. Let me say this: Hubert's not an idiot, and so like he probably is very aware of the issues. Like he is not dumb. So like Hubert I think is, he knows. So what he says publicly is probably different than what he thinks internally. Adam H- Hubert is Hubert has said it. Uh, he is not going to call you out. He's going to call you up. That's one of his favorite things. He likes to say, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Suns, the former NBA and Notre Dame player. He loves to quote Monty Williams on that. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to call you up. He's not going to go negative. Uh, at least he hasn't in his first what? How many games has he coached? 60, 70, uh, 75, something like that. Um, he's just not going to do it. The closest Hubert has ever come to just losing it, I think and letting UNC have it publicly was after the Wake Forest game where he kept them in the locker room so so long. But then he came out, and, you know, he was so muted, and he, he barely said anything, I think, because he was trying to choose his words so carefully. But he's just not going to, to go negative. And when you have some of these crash-and-burn games and performances, I can understand where it gets – you want to pull your hair out when you hear him being – positive after something that felt so negative um but you know people you know nerdy sports writers like us love to say things like coach is finding his voice i just don't know if hubert has found his voice yet in terms of his messaging to the public um you know i think i i I don't dislike covering him at all i think he usually gives you stuff to write about and stuff for us to record and talk about but you know there's a lot of variance there um so, yeah, I he, Hubert, the other day, not too long ago, we were there on a Friday, Ross, and you remember he called himself a first-year, second-year head coach, um, meaning, you know, I'm learning here. And, yeah, I really do think that and, – and, obviously, Roy Williams coached for, what, 18 years? People got used to Roy's style of uh, how he was, fiery Roy. Roy would be pissed, you know. I mean, and Hubert, his personality-wise – it's just completely different than that. And uh, when the bumps in the road have come, sometimes it's it's hard to wonder why Hubert is saying some of these things that he's saying. But, again, he's just not going to go negative, at least not right now. He's going to go extremely positive. And when Roy came to Carolina, he had coached 15 years as a head coach at Kansas, right, and then 10 years as an assistant under Dean. So he had had 15 years head coach experience when he arrived in 2003. Yep. I think it's 100% accurate that everybody needs to grow from it. Hubert will certainly grow from it. The Carolina basketball program needs to grow. It's going to be interesting over the next few days to see what the roster looks like. Um, Stay tuned to Ross Martin, Adam Smith, and Sherell McMillan, and Ben Sherman, and everybody at InsideCarolina.com, especially on the premium side. Uh, We will come back with any emergency podcast we need to have over the next few days. I was was just going to ask, Tommy, what do you think would would require an emergency pod? Um, Probably decisions from the big three. Caleb, RJ, and Armando? Yeah, we'll we'll get emergency pods. We'll see, though. We'll just see what happens. Um, I would think that is – I think they qualify. I'm not on Instagram. You know, I'm an older gentleman, um, but I was told that Armando was on Instagram recently on a yacht. Yeah, on spring break is that correct, Ross? You're younger uh, and dipper. It looks like South Florida's the place to be um, okay. for you in UNC. But to quote, to paraphrase Woody Durham's <laughs> Granville Towers show, I mean, um, Baycott has hundreds of thousands of dollars from deals with Crocs and Roback and a horse breeding farm. <laughs> and Outer Banks appearances, so, I mean. Money. It's all about the money. It's who you know, too, to get on a yacht. Not quite Absolutely. a boomer yet, my man Colin in the chat. Not quite. <laughs> it is the uh, – well yeah. 
guys. It, it is a. It, it'll be interesting to watch over the next um, sh- couple of weeks. Comment there. <laughs> well, I nice Sherelle uh, live from South Beach with the scoop. Bring it to a Sherelle. Anyway, Inside Carolina's on the beat live. It's been nice. Uh, it's always great to have differing opinions in the chat. It's always fun. There's no hate here. It's all love. All love going around to everybody. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Shout out to Ross and Adam for busting their butts covering this stuff. We'll be back on Inside Carolina Live on Saturday. Um, maybe some special guests on there. We might hear from some former players, see what they had to say about what's going on in Chapel Hill. Appreciate it. Everyone, everyone be safe. <laughs>